All right, back here at J. Tom Lawler Arena, our score at the end of two. Merrimack and Harvard all tied up at 2-2. Two to two. Mike Macknick and John Leahy with you right here on WGAM The Game. And with us is the commissioner of Hockey East, Joe Britannia, and also uh, Harvard alum, Joe Britannia, where you can get the Harvard colors, get the Hockey East colors. You're all set. I've got blue for Merrimack, and I've got, uh, I guess i got to say crimson. I say maroon for Harvard, so I've got my bases covered. Pretty exciting game, pretty entertaining game, I'd say, first two periods, you know. Some good uh, goaltending both ends, some good chances. We had a reviewed goal, and, and the call stood, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, not too much more than that you could ask that we've got in the first 40 minutes. It's pretty even, too. I don't think anybody's had a huge territorial edge at all. Entertaining game, first time that Harvard's been to Merrimack, so uh, one of these things, maybe we'll see more of these things in the near future with the, all of the, the realignment going on and the new opportunities for non-conference games. Well, with four, when going from seven to 14 non-league games, is, uh, I think all the coaches have to be a little creative, and if you know, you're looking for a certain type of opponent, you're trying to get most of those games in your own building, which isn't always easy. Now, uh, we're talking with Mark Dennehy last week, actually, uh, in our extended, uh, we ended up going 25 minutes uh, on the bus ride home and the extended post-game podcast, but we talked about non-league scheduling, and one of the things that he mentioned that I found was kind of interesting was that some of the teams and schools in the league seems like they're trying to work together for some of these agreements in the future. Yeah, I think there's some people trying to get creative. I mean, in some cases, they're adding uh, extra games against hockey East opponents that would not be league games, which can be confusing to fans. I know Merrimack and Lowell have at least had some conversations about maybe having a, a Christmas Tech tournament that alternates sites, but 14 is a lot of games, and, and the reality is there's kind of a pecking order. Some, you know, some large schools out west will do home and home in some schools, and, and they'll say to other schools, yeah, you come out to us, we're not going back to you. It's not really fair. And I think in some cases, it's something that the, the hockey tournament committee has to look at when certain schools have you know, 23 home games and others have uh, 14, you know, and so um, it does affect things at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I remember a few years ago, a certain school that's going to be in the Big Ten uh, a couple years ago, I think they played something like 24 home games. All the, I think all their non-league games were at home, and, and obviously when, when you get in 10, 12, 14,000 people in the building, you can afford to pay a lot of money for other schools to come out for the guarantee, but doesn't there have to be this kind of uh, you know, a, a teamwork, I guess, schools working together, because if you've got one school that says, like, Vermont's one, uh, talking with Kevin Sinead, and he has said in the past that they would not go out to play a, a school unless they would reciprocate and come back and play, but but obviously if, if they, make, they take that stance, and then the other school, whatever it is, then goes and finds another school that is willing to take the money, then everything goes for naught. Well, a lot of times you're at the mercy of the, of the relationships coaches have with each other. You know, Kevin just had a home and home with Minnesota. Right. And Minnesota's one of those schools you think to pick their games in at the league campus, but they just played two games at Gunnison Field. That was a pretty small building for them on the, their regular uh, circuit. Uh, you're wearing the Frozen Fenway 2010 jacket. Uh, we've heard uh, stories were coming out that there may be another Frozen Fenway. Can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I can at least uh, I can share that there's a pretty good chance that there will be. Um, and one of the, the uh, kind of prerequisites that we've told the Red Sox is that hockey schools that heretofore have not participated really have to be included. Um, they set up a pretty good model the last time when there was a primary weekend and then a second weekend, which had some pretty good games at BC Northeast in the second weekend. So my guess is if they do it, they're going to have, uh, you know, when I say primary weekend, there's one weekend that Hockey East actually is part of a contract and has some uh, revenue. And then the second weekend, we, we're less involved, but we help them set up games. So I think uh, Merrimack and Lowell and Providence uh, are the three schools that have not had any connection so far. And, and we're pretty insistent that they have to be in there in some, some format one of the weekends. Now, when that happens, uh, generally one of the schools has to give up a home game because the game ends up getting played there at 
at Fenway, I imagine there's some kind of uh, something that makes it worth a while, right? Well, we re, you know we reimburse whatever the gate is, so whoever you have to submit maybe the last two or three times you played that team, okay. and you would get that money. You wouldn't get the merchandise or the concessions or things like that, but the benefits of playing in that game and bringing alumni in and having you know fundraisers and development office things, it's, it's been a huge success for all the schools that have been part of it so far. You know, it's, it's hard to sell out that, that facility, uh, you know, so that to get to expect that you might be able to get 38,000 every time you play there is tough, but still, you can get a good amount of fans, I would think. I mean, we were just talking before, I would think Cornell Harvard, for instance, would be a game that would really draw well there. Is there, is there a number there that you guys target that you say, well, to, to be worth our while, we need to draw at least this many? Well, I think they want to sell out the major event. They've done that twice. The secondary event last year, I think, uh, sold 25,000, so it still wasn't an empty building. Um, you know, there are some coaches who say, I'm not that eager to participate, and I don't want to be in the first one that doesn't succeed. But, you know, we've got some matchups potentially, of, you know, at least, you know, the game. We've got some new uh, matchups that we could use that would still be different enough. And I, I still think the ballpark is part of the draw. It's not just outdoor hockey. It's going into Fenway Park in January and all that of sales. And I think the, I think the ballpark really is the star. We just want to do a single hockey game. Probably Harvard State would be the best place to watch a hockey game. You're right on top of it. It's linear. But you're not going to generate the commerce over a 12-day period. And you have to sustain this. And that will do that. All right, Joe. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, the score, Merrimack 2, Harvard 2. Thanks for joining us and for all the work you do on behalf of Hockey East. We'll talk to you again soon. And happy holidays, too. And to you. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Joe Bertani, our guest here in the second intermission. Merrimack and Harvard even up at 2-2. Back after this, you're listening to Merrimack Hockey on WGAM, the game.